Jimmy! Jimmy, who doesn't love Jimmy? I can't stand him. Yeah, you know what? Your phone's never right, Jay Stu. What you need to do is stick Stick to to wrestling. wrestling. Stick to wrestling with James Stewart. This week on Stick to Wrestling, we'll be talking about the Royal Rumble. We'll give you our picks, winners, losers, matches, betting odds. I have a thought on the Steve Austin situation, which I've been talking about since November. But hey, let the national news sites go nuts on it. Uh, Royal Rumble means betting odds, which means Joe Murray of 98.5 The Sports Hub. He's the favorite for the nighttime show, I believe. Uh, He also is part of the weekly spread at NBC Sports Boston. He's a Hasbro collector. He's the kingpin of the Kowloon. And he's one half of the Bankroll Boys on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Joe Murray, how are you, sir? James, hello, sir. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Enough of the pleasantries. Let's get to the Royal Rumble. The My my favorite wrestling event, Joe Murray, because the matches, the men's and the women's matches, it's a new match every 90 seconds, two minutes, 60 seconds, whatever Bruce Pritchard's stopwatch says it will be. So... And it also has the most stakes because the winner presumably is going to be an event of WrestleMania or be the semi-main event of a WrestleMania, depending on how they order the show. But let's start with the men's Royal Rumble match, Joe. What are the odds? Give me your top five odds. And I know you want to go from, I know that you want to um, lay out the last six months to where they are today. So Joe Murray, the forum is yours. Yes. Thank you, James. And you know, the Royal Rumble is an event that people love to bet on, right? It's uh, even before there are actual odds on it, people would do, you know, their own uh, little tournaments or things of that degree. So it, it's definitely something that is now receiving action from books. They limit it, James, though. They limit it to about, you know, $200 a bet. They consider them props. So it's something you can do. But these were... Hey, released- Joe, I've made bets from the ring. I've made bets from ringside, so... There you go. So... But these were released in June. Uh, June 23rd was when the original Royal Rumble odds came out. Um, and, and there's been some some big movement, I would say. Um, the biggest jumps, I would say, were Sami Zayn, who yes. back in June was, you know, 50 to 1, now 2 to 1 odds. And we'll get into the odds in a minute. And that's but, the progression of the storyline with him in the bloodline. There you go. Rhea Ripley, 6 to 1 to now potentially the favorite yep. on the woman's side. There's been a story big, with judgment day. Yep. There's been some big falls. Ronda Rousey went from 14 to one to 33 to one. Cause she allegedly quit WWE. <laughs> Omas went from 20 to one to 500 to one. That's a Vince McMahon uh, had high hopes for him post backlash when he beat Bobby Lashley to now triple H is in charge of creative. Gable Stevenson was 16 to one at one point. Now five hundred to one long shot, and that's because he made the big date. He made the big splash debut at WrestleMania uh, in Dallas, and now he's nowhere to be seen because presumably he's training in NXT, which I could text and get an update on. And there's just a few others that weren't on the list in June that are now on the list. Uh, men's, I'll stick to Karrion Cross, for example, twenty-five to one. Braun Strowman's a fifty to one odd. Uh, and then there's some other odds on the woman's side. Naomi seems to be a big name that keeps coming up. Yep. Go to Kai's another, and even Sasha Banks. 
um, for that matter. So to give you the odds on who the favorite is on the men's side, it's Cody Rhodes. Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, a favorite, meaning if you want to take Cody, there's a little bit of vigor and juice, meaning you got to pay the, the book a little bit extra because he's not much of a favorite. Yeah. Then it's Sami Zayn. Yep. The Rock is in a top three betting who hasn't wrestled in how long? It's been a long time. Since he, he hasn't had a real match since WrestleMania 29. Yet is in the top three a week, to, you know, six days ahead of uh, Royal Rumble. And the Rock, the reporting is out there that the Rock isn't going to do WrestleMania this year because he's not in the pro wrestling shape. There you go. But of course, things could change, pal. So things get interesting after the top three. Seth Rollins always in the in the conversation, of course, would always be you know a headliner. Uh, Roman Reigns' name comes back up. Maybe he just enters himself or throws one of his brothers aside. Who knows? Bobby Lashley. Uh, a big name. Maybe he's got a storyline in this. Somebody who they've kept away from Roman, I think, on purpose. Outside of, I think there was a three-way match with Big E, Lashley, and Roman after Big E had won the WWE Championship in Boston a few years ago. Just to go through, Stone Cold Steve Austin is in your top ten. He should be. He might. He should be higher than that. Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar. Yep. Solo, Sokoa, Riddle, Gunter, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Logan Paul, uh, also on this list. And then we start getting to some others that are interesting. Finn Balor, Braun Breaker, Austin Theory, and then you have the Edge, AJ Styles, John Cena. Also, uh, just some of the names. Montez Ford interests me. I don't yeah. think it will happen, but... He's, he's he's a name to look out for because everybody I talked to was like, he's going to be a single star one of these days. And then you get your Baron Corbin, potentially Big E. So I don't think Big E is back because of health issues, but I actually think New Day is in like Australia for some promotional thing. Um, who's the name? Who's the other name you just mentioned? Uh, uh, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's an interesting one. Here's why. He's the last person to get a pinfall victory over Roman Reigns. I like it. And then just some other names that were interesting on this list. Randy Orton's on there. I don't know if he's supposed to be a surprise. Okay. Carmelo Hayes. Mello don't miss. Um, Carmelo might be in one of those tryout spots, quote unquote. Um, Whereas he's the seventh entrant and he just kind of hangs around until like the 28th entrant. And they just kind of see, they did this with Johnny Gargano a few years ago where they see how he hangs, how he interacts, things like that. I mean, if you're asking me for a long-term play on Carmelo Hayes, and I know you're not, but the listener might be, uh, I think he beats Braun Breaker at uh, WrestleMania. I think it's Stand and Deliver, the NXT show. That'll be WrestleMania weekend in L.A. I think Carmelo Hayes beats Braun Breaker. And just to give you a few long shots on the list, um, uh, Goldberg is on this list. He should be. Shane McMahon's on the list. Mm, I mean, look, if you're going to pay Shane McMahon $800,000 to disrupt the whole creative process again for this year's Royal Rumble and try to win the thing, sure, why not? And then there is, of course, the Rick Boogs maybe comes back. Uh, you know, there's the Chad Gables of the world, the Dexter. Yep. So there, there's your – and your very long, long shot is Veer Mahan, where, where has Veer gone? 
So uh, if this was the greatest Royal Rumble and it was 50 entrants and it was in Saudi Arabia, he'd be the one to win. So uh, that is your men's odds to win the Royal Rumble. So Joe Murray, who do you think wins this match? It's a square play, as we say in the betting world, but it's Cody Rhodes. I know. I feel that this has been the storyline all along. You know, the wrestling family. He's a great story and he's a great pull. Um, he's, you know, AEW, Cody was great and it's evolved now in, in WWE. So the square play for me is that he is the one who wins the Royal Rumble. So I think so too. I think Cody Rhodes clearly wins the Rumble. I think he was on a trajectory to have this undefeated year. Um, and he got he got injured, and he main evented a show. He main evented the Hell, of Cell, Hell in a Cell. He's beaten Seth Rollins. The promo videos are similar to when Triple H was coming back from his injury. I think it's Cody Rhodes' match. He's going to win the thing. He's going to be the Royal Rumble winner, and it's going to be a clean sheet, and the Cody people will be happy. The anti-Cody people will be upset. Um, And it's just it's a very straight-line story, which is... I get. I think there's a better path and a better story for Cody than just a clear-cut Rumble win, and we can detail that, um, Joe. But I do want to ask you, who do you want to win the Royal Rumble, the Men's Royal Rumble? It's Sami Zayn. He, he's That's the best the thing going in wrestling. Um, he has won everybody's hearts. He's won everybody over. Um, I'm compassionate for him. I He's endearing to me. Um, just everything about Sammy. And, and I have this weird Paul Heyman thing with him. Like, I feel like if he did separate from Roman in the bloodline, there's Paul Heyman right by him side. It just, it, it feels like there's a lot of, lot of layers to Sammy Zayn winning. So that would be my rooting interest. So Heyman, like I asked Heyman last year, about Sami Zayn and he's like, we appreciate him. And then post show at survivor series during the press conference, Paul Heyman went on a very long and nice answer about Sami Zayn and where he is. So there's a lot of love and respect for Sami Zayn. And he was the one who was supposed to be just given the cameo, the guest appearance. And here he is part of the long year long storyline. So I think Sammy should win it. And I wouldn't have Sammy challenge Roman at Mania. I would have Sammy challenge Roman for Montreal, which is the February pay-per-view, and have the match there. It gives the viewer, I think, a belief that Sammy could win in his hometown. And in the same way that we all thought McIntyre was going to win at Clash of the Castle, and it wasn't to be. So give the fans another hope that Sammy, the organic challenger, is the one who does it. And it gives Cody a different path. So now Cody, having not won the Royal Rumble, can win the Elimination Chamber men's match and go on to WrestleMania that way. It gives it gives it a little it gives the story more length. You want to lengthen out the baseball lineup. You want to lengthen out the story. The other person who I would put on the list of who I would want to win, Joe Murray, is Seth Rollins. And it makes sense on two layers. You have Rollins eliminate Cody through deceitful nature, however you want to describe that. Seth wins the Rumble, and now you've got 
a rematch from the 2022 Royal Rumble where Seth Rollins beat Roman Reigns via disqualification. And you can kind of tell that story. In the meantime, Cody Rhodes now has has something to come from underneath on, and that's to get Seth Rollins back in the ring and to get Seth Rollins to put his contendership on the line so that now Cody can fulfill what he came back to WWE for. And the layer to that is you can do two things. You can either do Roman versus Seth versus Cody. Cody somehow weasels his way into the match. Or you have Cody get another win over Seth Rollins. And now it's just Cody versus Roman one-on-one. But that lengthens out the story over the course of from January 28th until April 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 5th, 6th, 7th, whatever the date of WrestleMania is this week, this year. So that's who I want to win, either Sami Zayn or Seth Rollins. We're in agreement on Sami. Sami's the one, the main one I want to win. Which leads me to the next question, Joe Murray. Who would you categorize as a surprise winner to the Royal Rumble match? So let's table Stone Cold Steve Austin for a second. That's my answer, by the way. So I'm going to table that one and let you kind of build what you've heard on this one. Um, I have a couple couple of theories. Please on do. This. One, one is Austin theory. Yep. The Vince Triple H angle, I think, is what it is. May, maybe that's what we're hearing in the dirt sheets is a Triple H Vince thing. If Austin theory could somehow win the Royal Rumble, there would be who would have more heat on them than him? I mean, that'd be like some serious heat. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a big player, so I'm gonna kind of table that one too. Brock Lesnar is always on the table. Mm-hmm. I think he is always on the table. And then third, it, it, it's Seth Rollins. And to to piggyback on what you said, there is this Seth Rollins Triple H, uh, you know, partnership. Triple H is making essentially making the decision on who's going to win the Royal Rumble, and, and he needs to get it right. Um, also let's not forget he's married to Becky Lynch, who potentially making her return here. Could they both win in that catapult? Cause remember wrestling is a love story and that would be my surprise, but really it's stone cold, Steve Austin and everything we're hearing today. And the fact that, you know, maybe this means the rock is out, Jimmy. So I don't, I, I've had my, I've gone back and forth on the rock thing. I know they have the storyboard in place for The Rock for if he were to come back. But the the reporting that I have said on this podcast is um, there's an issue with Rock and Roman. And I think it goes to when Roman did The Rock's movie a few years ago, and I don't remember the name of it. But I said this back in November, by the way. Um, so there's an issue with Roman and The Rock. And by the way, I think The Rock wants to win. So that might be the biggest issue. And you've got to meet his money and his time and so on and so on and so on. You could do it in this day and age. But I think if you have a an issue with whose arm goes up and whose arm goes down, like that's something that I don't think you can overcome because The Rock has an ego. The Rock wants to win. Come on, The Rock wants to win. I'd want to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. So The Rock obviously wants I, – I would think that The Rock would want that. Um, there was a comment that JR made a few months ago too that kind of caught my attention that if The Rock were to do another match, he would want to do it with his daughter, 
who is currently training in NXT. I have heard that despite that the fact that there's footage out there, that The Rock and his daughter have kind of an issue. What that issue is, I'm not sure. Um, and I don't want to speculate upon potential family issues if they're not germane to um, storytelling or something like that. But I think if The Rock were to come back for another match, I think it would be with his daughter. And I don't know necessarily that his daughter in NXT would want that. But that's a story for another day. Let's get back to the Steve Austin thing. There has been reporting, and it's 717 on Monday, January 23rd. For context, we're taping, Joe and I are taping this before the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. So if Steve Austin is a surprise or The Rock's a surprise, then, well, sorry. That's how it works sometimes. Uh, when Steve Austin started really putting in the work training, he was coming back for WrestleMania. He was coming back for a run because that Kevin Owens match went so well. Uh, and Steve Austin at 57 also, I think, saw Ric Flair's last match and was like, if if Ric Flair can do another match, and I just had a banger with Kevin Owens, spoiler alert, it was with Kevin Owens, who's one of the best in the history of this genre to do it. Then Steve Austin's like, yeah, I got another run in me. Do I want to see Steve Austin versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? No, but I understand why they're doing it. That is a generational matchup. I think the better play for Steve Austin would be to take on John Cena because it's a match that is a special attraction and you can do the generation versus generation, like the leader of the ruthless aggression era against the leader of the attitude era. And if you want to say the rock is that, then so be it. But now you've got Cena versus Austin, which is a match we never thought we'd see. And I think, I think Cena would sell no matter what, just like Owens did as well. Cena would fight to put him over in the same way that Cena put over the undertaker when we were in new Orleans at WrestleMania 34, like, cause John Cena is like, I can give back. I can give Austin a great farewell match. And protect him and keep him safe because Austin's 57. And if you look at, if you like detail out that Dallas match, it's very well paced. And they're like, Austin does a suplex on the ramp, but it's safe. He's also in there with Owens who's going to protect him. And so like surprise winner of the rumble, I would say is Steve Austin. And then it sets up Austin versus Roman. And I see the backlash on the internet It's not a match that I want to see, but think of it this way. Um, Nostalgia, right? Who's the king of nostalgia in the wrestling podcast world? It's Conrad Thompson, right? So if, if say Conrad is promoting Ric Flair's last match, which he did, he got 10,000 people to go to Ric Flair's last match, made a ton of money on fight.tv. I bought it. I bought it on fight TV. So did I, I, I got the little, I got the little plaque here, right? I got it somewhere. It's somewhere. I think it's this. Yeah, I got the little I got the little Ric Flair plaque, right? <laughs> Ric Flair's last match plaque, right? I got one of those. Because I'm a Ric Flair fan. So Steve Austin had what he thought was going to be his last match in Dallas, Texas, which makes sense. He had his first match there. But he's like, I can make more money. I can still do this. I can do a one-off. I can wrestle once a year, twice a year. So he'll go in there, make a boatload of money, and put over Roman Reigns. And it's a match that will literally be once in a lifetime. And But what it'll do, Joe, is if you were a Steve Austin fan, 
you probably went, I think attendance wise, Dallas night one did better than Dallas night two because of the Steve Austin factor. So Steve Austin versus Roman. I, I mean, that's a guaranteed sellout. And I know that they're claiming that they broke all records and uh, they, they passed. So Dallas 32 was 17 plus million. They're at 18 million in ticket sales for LA, but with inflation, the number to beat is really 21 million, which is insane for a wrestling show. But Steve Austin breaks that record. Steve Austin winning the Rumble breaks that record. It'll set a new record for viewers on the Peacock Network, which is what they're going for. Triple H in the press conference post Survivor Series said, Hey, look, Survivor Series had the most number of viewers in history. And I think there are 34 million subscribers to Peacock. And maybe that number is higher, maybe that number is lower, but that's the last time I remember it was 34 million. So if you're on the peacock, you're riding the cock on a random Saturday night, you tune on, you tune in, you see Steve Austin, you're going to watch for 5, 10, 15 minutes and you're going to be like, "Oh, Steve Austin can go can still go and you're not going to care that he's 57 years old." And then Roman beats him and now you're like, "Oh, Roman got him. Who's this Roman guy?" And maybe you're then maybe you go backwards. And now you've got an you've got somebody who was a hardcore fan in 2000 or 97 or 98. And now he's back and he's buying merchandise again. That's what they're doing. It's nostalgia. I like it. Um, just to throw it out there, not to take things off the rails, but no, is fine. there, is there, it's a... what you do best, Joe. <laughs> it is. It is. Tell me about your favorite sandwich joint. No, <laughs> well, I am, I am getting barbecue in Kowloon probably <laughs> on that night. Uh, but just quickly, is there a surprise entry, Jimmy? Um, that would be big. And I mean, like maybe altering the business a little bit. Um, is there anyone you have uh, on your list? So you're talking about, you're talking specifically somebody like a Logan Paul, a bad bunny, a celebrity aspect of it, or is it like a return? Like Randy Orton comes back. I'm saying like CM Punk. CM Punk is still under contract and it looks like, it looks like him being on ice and when he's healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if punk came back at this point to AEW. Okay. How about Nick Aldis? Don't think he's a big enough name. I think the hardcore fans know who Nick Aldis is. I think if we were to ask, um, you know, casual raw viewer X, they wouldn't know who he is, but I think the hardcores know who he is. He's, Great looking NWA champion. Okay. And is that could if Zach Ryder was to come back, would it be Matt Cardona or Zach Ryder? I would guess it would be Ryder. But with Cardona, you never know. Um, but again, it's it's a situation I think where if like the hardcore fans know and love Matt Cardona, Zach Ryder. There's a reason why they never gave him a long publicized run. They had him win the IC title in Dallas at WrestleMania 32. And then he dropped it the next night to the Miz. And that was legitimately like a lifetime achievement award, I think. And, but they didn't really believe in him because they took it off him the next day in, in the same way, Joe, like when you look at positioning, Vince did not want to give 
uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, the win at WrestleMania 30. But he had no choice. And if you look at how he was booked after that, he's in a match and a feud against Kane, and yet the Shield versus Evolution is main eventing the next two pay-per-views. Like, that's what they were promoting. And by the way, the Shield swept Evolution. And that's why they were put over so strong. Meanwhile, I think Danielson was in a an ambulance match with Kane. It's just it's it's how it's promoted. Like, yeah, we'll give CM Punk the belt for four thirty four, but we're really promoting Rock and John Cena. Like, that's what you should be watching for. But we'll we'll satisfy CM Punk by doing this, this, and this, and hope that it works. All right, just wanted to throw those names out there. No, the, Joe, there. I think it's Steve Austin the surprise winner. I think we both agree that Cody's winning this thing. We both think that Sammy should win this thing. And that, and, and I just threw in Seth Rollins because I think it, it keeps Cody involved. And the idea that Seth is the last one to beat Roman in a one-on-one match. Cause you're not adding Baron Corbin to the main event of WrestleMania. I don't think. No, no, <laughs> no. And then and, and, and Brock is always in there too. So. And and Brock is supposedly going to get Gunther at WrestleMania. And like so you brought up like these are all like Roman opponents, right? If Roman survives WrestleMania, right? Who's next for Roman? Bobby Lashley, Gunther, um you're still going to have The Rock looming even if The Rock doesn't want to do it. Um you know, and then do you go back to Bill Goldberg and you try to get a better match out of Goldberg? I don't think so. But now you're running out of you're 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 actually kind of out of opponents for Roman, right? Like, who am yeah. I missing? Yeah, I mean, unless they want to go Cena again, and you know, no, because they just did the tag match. Like they're yeah. redoing like one of the one of the lost feuds of the pandemic because they'll never show that that footage again. Is yeah. Owens and Roman like tore it up during the pandemic. Like they did great business together. And this is the third go around for Roman and Kevin Owens because you had the pandemic feud. And then you also had Owens and Roman were part of the festival of friendship story. Owens is the universal champion fending off Roman Reigns, who was the U S champion. I think that match opened up the Royal rumble in San Antonio in 2015, 16, something like that. So, like they have, they Roman and um, Kevin Owens, they do good business together. I agree. So why not go back to it? But mm-hmm. all right. So we've exhausted the men's stuff. And um, by the way, you know, bravo to the dirt cheap people who are two months behind. <laughs> aggregators is what I'm going to start calling them. So Joe, here's here's the thing about aggregation. The two to six show. Felger and Maz, we're aggregators. <laughs> and we throw in some dirt and opinion every once in a while, but we're really aggregators. And and that's what's drawing now, Joe. Yeah, but aggregators. I, people would rather hear that opinion than maybe some of people we don't even know. So I know. I agree with that. Uh, so the women's Royal Rumble match, Joe Murray, um, to coin a phrase, uh, chat me up on the odds on the women's Royal Rumble match. So the, the woman at the top we teased earlier was Rhea Ripley. Um, she is your favorite plus 100, so that means $100 wins you 100. Becky Lynch coming in second, and then Raquel Rodriguez, she's third. Bailey, 
Naomi uh, is in there. Charlotte Flair is in there. Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Liv Morgan, who I think is going to get a good run here. Um, Bianca Belair, I don't think she'll be in the Rumble, but you never know. She has a match, so we'll, we'll find out. Um, then it gets a little interesting. Dewdrop, Dakota Kai, Ronda Rousey, Beth Phoenix. We we assume Edge will be in there. Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, Carmella, who may, could make a return, Candice LeRae, Queen Zelina. Mandy Rose is still on the list. Yeah. Which would be a big pop. I don't know, Jimmy, but... She's my surprise winner. She's one of them. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, if we're going to really get a little deep here, uh, Maxine Dupree is your long shot. Scarlet's in there. Uh, you know, P- Paige was on the list, but see you later. That's uh, that's happening. But that's it. So what I were mean, the biggest What were the biggest odd shifts from June, Joe? If you have them. So, so um, obviously, Rhea would be the uh, would be the biggest one. Um, and I'll pull that back up here. Oh, um, I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. I, I, I moved no, you had the tab open still. No, I, I do. But uh, Ronda Rousey, fourteen to one to thirty three to one. That was a pretty big one. In June, um, she was still. She had either. She was either still the Raw, uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion, or she had just dropped it to Liv Morgan, depending Dakota, on what Money in the Bank was. And I don't remember what what it was. I actually could look. Oh, it was July fourth. Wow. Okay. Uh, wow. How'd you learn that? Like that was quick. That was. Uh, <laughs> I, I looked look at a calendar. So I, I I have the little um because Riley and we all did the the watch along thing. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. Uh, Dakota Kai. Also Team Kick. Team Kick from a past life. Dakota Kai. I'm a big fan of Dakota Kai. So that's uh some of the big movement that's happened on the woman's side. And um yeah, the, the Rhea Ripley is the favorite. Um just what are your thoughts on her being the favorite just out of the gate here? She she to me is the clear favorite. She's young. The crowd loves her. She's great interacting with fans, both on the positive and negative side of things. So and now she's definitely involved with her 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 elevation when Edge put her in Judgment Day. It just it took her to another level where she doesn't need the title right now. But she also organically grew, got momentum. And I just feel like there's this cult of Rhea Ripley fan and it just grew and grew and grew and grew. So that's why I think she's the favorite. I also wouldn't sleep on Rhea entering the men's match as a surprise. That. Yeah. Because she's in the ring toe-to-toe with um, Solo, right? Solo Sakaya, which might have been either a subtle hint that the bloodline needs to solve the Rhea Ripley problem, and that's where Naomi enters. Because that would make sense from storyline point yeah. of view. But I think I think Ripley's the winner here. I think I to me it's clear because it's somebody who's different, and there's a story to be told with either Bianca Belair and Ripley again, or there's a story to be told with Charlotte and Ripley again. And Ripley's a different character now than she was before in those two feuds. Got it. Um, so moving along here again. Who um, do you think is going to win, Joe? So, I I think it's going to be Rhea Ripley who wins. I, yeah. I, I feel like there's too much heat and steam on this one. 
Um, but who do I want to win? Yeah, that's the next question. Wow, we're coming full circle here, Jimmy. We, Uh-oh. We've done wrestling shows for a real long time. Yeah. Bailey. Bailey, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I have not been a fan of Bailey. I I've met her personally. I know her. I've done vodka shots with her. Yep. Uh, I just feel like she would carry it well. Get over her faction. She can be in any storyline. You can put her up against any champion and have a storyline. She's somewhat safe, actually, to be the winner. Um. But I, I can't believe I, I'm actually saying this because I've always kind of not – I haven't liked her character, but now I'm seeing the development. I think be, her being away kind of has helped things. So I think who she – that's who I want because I just think she fits any role. And I don't know, I feel like she'd bring that thing everywhere and to the point where it's like she has to – you know, she has to win a match. Um, so I feel like that that's – who I would want. Who who do you want to injure? So I'll follow up on your Bailey point for this. And Bailey's not who I want, but Bailey's a good candidate for who do you want to win? Because Bailey's promos, Bailey was another um person who benefited from the pandemic and having no crowds because her just her talking, her verbal skills, her interplay with Sasha Banks was just it, it was on another level. And Sasha and Bailey were were two of the MVPs of the pandemic era. So now that she's back and she's got heaters around her and she's just verbalizing and she's being obnoxious on the microphone has taken her to another level. And it's the ultimate 180 from her huggy rainbow inflatable, whatever inflatable to be things. Um, and it's just much better than this dark character who stole the, women's title from Charlotte after axing the inflatable Tubi things on a random SmackDown. So Bailey would be a good one. And if we're, you know, her and Bel Air have already done that story. So it's probably Bailey and Charlotte for the SmackDown title. If, if Charlotte gets that far with the title, which we'll see, but they're clearly trying to make sure that, you know, to cheer Charlotte when she's in story with Sonya Deville who people clearly don't like. So if it's Bailey and Charlotte, this is a playoff of WrestleMania 33 and, you know, the cash in the most tragic cash in and money in the bank history when Bailey cash in on Charlotte at in Hartford. So there's a backstory to that, but Bailey's a different character. Charlotte's trying to reestablish herself and coming back. So that's an interesting one, but that's not a, I don't see that as a main event. Um, It's a nice match. It's, it's a good match. It's got people emotionally invested, but um, Bailey's a good pick, but I need a different opponent for Bailey. And maybe Ronda Rousey gets the women's title off of Charlotte and they go Charlotte versus Bianca Belair for WrestleMania. Cause I know Charlotte really wants to work with Belair. And Bailey and Ronda could be interesting promo wise, but one of them's got to be a good on the good side, and one of them's got to be on the villain side. And they're both Ronda and Bailey are better as villains. So I don't. Bailey's a good pick. I just don't have the right opponent for her right now. Yeah, if that makes sense. Who do yeah. I want to win, Joe Murray? Mm-hmm. I want Natalia to win. 
And I say Natalia, not necessarily because I want her as the challenger at WrestleMania. I just kind of think that a Royal Rumble win for Natalia is a good lifetime achievement award for her. And then you can figure out how you get the title shot off of her. Or you expand that women's match to a four-way match and something like that. I, even though I think Natalia kind of got her lifetime achievement when she upset Naomi at a SummerSlam a few years ago when nobody saw that coming. Um, but Natalia's just been there for so long. She's a grinder. Um, I, and for her to win the women's kind of a cool little, cool little achievement award. So that's kind of who I would want to win. Um, and then the surprise winner, you know, I mentioned Mandy Rose. I don't know if you have a different name out there, Joe. So, <clears throat> This is this is you brought something up that's that's interesting and it's worth the discussion of who's next in the women's field. So I wrote down Sasha Banks, but I think she's in the Japan thing. Like I think that's out. Sonya Deville was my name. And you just mentioned it. You know, who's big enough for a main event? So I'll give you Natalia. Like you could throw Natalia in as a, as a main eventer. But going back the last few years, Asuka Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Bianca, Ronda. Of the women's division, who's worthy of a main event? Yeah. So maybe it's Liv Morgan, but it doesn't pop to me. Like, I love Raquel. I don't know if she's ready yet. So really, who is up for a main event in the women's division? I'm going Sonya Deville. I think Charlotte kind of put her over this week or last week on SmackDown. She earned her part as, you know, being a part of, you know, a a figure on television week in and week out. We know her background is MMA. Like, I don't know. I'm just surprised winner, Sonya Deville. So, Sonya has had a lot of mic time as the commissioner, figurehead, whatever. So, she's very unlikable in her role. I don't think that they've done a good enough job in promoting her MMA background. And I think that's kind of the hang up there. Unless she has an otherworldly performance, she doesn't fit in that spot. And yeah. and by the way, we're 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 really in this guessing game of the women's Royal Rumble winner because the two main events I think for WrestleMania in LA on the women's side for the women's championships were supposed to be Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. And something happened there. And if I had to guess, it was Becky went and was like, I don't want to work with this girl, mm-hmm. which I think that it, I think there are a lot of women who don't want to work with Ronda Rousey. And I think that's I think that was one of the things that Ronda was trying to do in pushing to put over Liv Morgan, because allegedly that was Ronda's idea was Ronda wanted to make Liv Morgan because the locker room. My understanding is the women's locker room loves Liv Morgan, loves her to death. Because she's there all the time. She's got energy. She does whatever you ask. So on, so on, so on. So I think the other women's main event was supposed to be Charlotte and Bianca Belair. And maybe that takes, maybe that happens. The process starts at the Rumble on Saturday. You have um, Charlotte who either doesn't have a match or retains against Sony Deville, for example. They put it on the undercard. And then you have Bianca Belair lose to Alexa Bliss. 
So now Alexa Bliss is the Raw Women's Champion. You can have Bianca Belair enter the Women's Royal Rumble, win it, and challenge Charlotte Flair. And then Bianca can beat Charlotte at WrestleMania. And then she's she's one win away from beating all four of the four horsewomen of NXT at WrestleMania's. Because she beat Sasha. She beat Becky. With a win in LA over Charlotte, she would have beaten Charlotte. And now she's just got to beat Bailey at a WrestleMania, which is quite the accomplishment because that was the, that was the basis for this women's revolution. So that's kind of where we're at there. And that's why it's, that's why we're back to Ripley. Yeah. Right. It'd be nice uh, though. If they could find someone else. Yeah. It's probably Rhea. Exactly. Yep. Well, here's, here's your surprise, right? So Mandy Rose is a surprise and that's if, that's if she's agreed to pay WWE some of her my fans account. Um, that's if she's returned from the island of relevancy. That's um, you know if she can accept the fact that they lied to her and wants to go back. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. Um, the other name that I would throw out to Joe Murray is a surprise winner is Naomi, and that ties in with the bloodline story. Is that? Now you have Naomi who's returning and she wins one of the rumble matches and you reintroduce her. And now she's on this journey. Charlotte loves her. So a SmackDown women's championship match would make sense with Charlotte. You could do Bianca Belair in a match. I think they would have great chemistry together. Um, Or maybe you have the women winner of the women's match challenge both. And you unify the two women's championships. And now you have Charlotte two belts. Like we had Becky two belts for a while too. Like maybe you do something like that. And you, you push forward with one women's champion for both shows. Even though there's been speculation that they're going to split the tag belts and they're going to split the singles championship belts too. Well, the bloodline angle I like a lot. And I guess they tried to do one. Uh, but they couldn't get like Rikishi and Afasika all them in there. But wouldn't put that past them by, at all. And Naomi would get a good pop, and she's been a former champ. And I think you could slide her in a main event as well. Naomi um, won in Orlando at WrestleMania Orlando, 33. Yep. Right. Um, the here's here's the funny here's a funny story about that WrestleMania. So that women's six way match was supposed to be on the pre show until they realized that Naomi's entrance needed, needed it to the, be nighttime. Uh, yeah. So they put it on, I think it was um I think it was before the Undertaker Roman match. Yeah. I think it was the semi main event. But it made sense. Naomi's an Orlando person. So it was great. I was there. We were, we were, we were there. there. It was yeah. great. That was a nice little moment for her. Made sense. Um, any other thoughts on the women's rumble match, Joe? Chelsea Green, maybe a name. I mean, um, obviously Supposedly she's, she's been signed for a yeah. while now. But I don't know any whoppers of a name though. Like, I don't know anyone that could really move Mickey James again. Like, Mickey James would make sense. She just won the impact title off of Jordan Grace. Yeah. Um, so, her showing up with that would make sense again. Um, I don't think that we see any AEW crossover. Um, I don't know. Uh, there was a rumor on the internet that AJ Styles was supposed to make an appearance at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, wow. Um, so I wouldn't sleep on like Carrie Sane 
Mm. As a surprise entered in the Rumble match, she, of course, is um, the IWGP Women's Champion, or she's the Shimmer Women's Champion. I'm sorry if I don't have her proper um, championship. Um, She's fighting Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet at the um, South California show February 18th, I think it is. So that's a possibility. I think I think... I think that forbidden door is more open to women wrestlers than it is men's wrestlers. Show exactly, yep, yeah. Not too many big names on the uh, on the like the surprise list, so it's going to be interesting. At least they know we they can get thirty women in there, so they got their right. own thirty they can push. So yep, they can, they absolutely can. Uh, there are actual matches on this show. There are singles matches. Um, let's start with the the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I think Roman Reigns retains this, but here's what I would keep an eye out for. Some sort of disputed finish, which may lead to Kevin Owens gets this belt, Roman continues on as the universal champion. Ooh, I like that. And this is just something because I've heard that there's the potential that they're splitting the 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 WWE world championship and the universal championship. And they've, they've thrown around a bunch of ideas to do it because Roman's not working raw on Monday nights. And there's a feeling that the WWE wants their two shows, two world champions, and then they can go back to touring raw and SmackDown brands more, more detailed and still have world championships because Roman's not doing house shows. Um, Roman's that special attraction and you can keep the universal streak going. So if, and if there were to be a disputed finish, you could main event elimination chamber with Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for the WWE championship. You could have a world title fight both nights of WrestleMania. You could do that. So what I'm looking for and wondering Joe is if there's a disputed finish where they end up, handing Roman the blue world title and they hand Kevin Owens, the WWF championship, the WWE championship. I like it. I think Roman wins. Owens obviously will be put over. Could there be some sort of special guest referee? Um, could oh, I wouldn't happen? put past him. You know, like, I mean, I mean, I don't know if Sammy would, the rock would be another one, but could there be some, another one in there? Um, I don't, you know, I'd probably have to think more about a storyline on that one, but uh, but I think Roman wins, moves on, and you know, one of them enter the Rumble. Well, they could have the same ball. referee, uh, Jason Ayers, who uh, the ten yeah, who the, just the, walked away from you know counting Roman out in a um, in a last man standing match at the Rumble during the pandemic. Yeah, like he's obviously on the bloodline payroll. Yeah. Yeah, get a chuckle if you heard me. But but there's nothing here that makes me think Kevin Owens is going to upset Roman. No, I I think the closest is you get some sort of disputed finish, Mm -hmm. which puts which no longer makes Roman the undisputed. Yep. Um, which I think it would be good. I think I think Kevin Owens has earned, has worked hard and earned a WWE championship. Like the Universal, the Red Universal was great. The Festival of Friendship was awesome. But I think he's earned his own. You're now in the lineage with Hogan, Austin, Rock, not the Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, Roman lineage 
Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, like you've earned the legacy, the 70 year legacy, WWWF, WWF, WWE championship. So, um, I hope, I hope Kevin gets his hands on that somehow, but I think Roman walks, if I'm, if I'm, I think Roman walks out with both titles, but look for a potential dispute. I like it. Show me where they can split it up without a loss. Yep. And Roman can say, I didn't lose. I beat the man. You know, do, double German suplex, both shoulders down. Like there, there's some finish there. There's, there's a finish there. Mm-hmm. There are a million finishes. So, uh, the women's raw, the raw women's championship, Bianca Belair defends against Alexa bliss. I think it's Belair who retains. Um, but, um, this should be good because both are just top-notch athletes. And I still have not disputed your point about Bianca Belair being the best pure face that the WWE has developed, uh, despite her villainous run in NXT. Uh, on this one, right? How does Alexa Bliss win two matches to qualify and not have momentum into this match, and then you throw in the Bray Wyatt angle, storyline generally puts these people over. I don't see it happening, Jimmy. I don't. But I, it just shouldn't be unnoticed what she did to get to this point. And maybe maybe it helps her beat Bianca. I don't know. I, I think Bianca wins, moves on, et cetera. Like, she's a main eventer. So there's there's crazy Nikki Cross who I think is kind of looming, right? Like she's drawing up this plan, and we're all assuming that it's the return of sanity, which was the NXT group. But Nikki Cross also had a tag team championship run with Alexa Bliss. There you go. So I could see Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt and Nikki Cross all being part of a faction. That would make sense to me. So either either Nikki Cross helps Bliss win or make sure that Bliss loses. Hmm. I like it. But there's there's a Nikki Cross factor here, I think. Yep. And it's story it's story building and helping other people get over. Yep, and that's what we're that's what we're all about here. Um so um Joe, do you know what a um a Mountain Dew pitch black match is? No. Uh, <laughs> do, do you have any details on this? Because no idea. No what, idea. Whatever it is, I'm I'm fine with. It's Bray um, Wyatt versus L.A. Knight. And by the way, if so, there's this thing on Twitter where it says promoted, right? So on Twitter, you can pay like a hundred dollars, and they'll make sure that your tweet gets in front of a certain audience, you know, a hundred times. So. Like if I wanted to promote this podcast, I pay Twitter $10 and make sure it's in front of 10 people who might be interested in it. LA night promos are all over my Twitter feeds. So somebody in WWE has paid a lot of money to make sure that I see LA night talking. Um, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt wins this match. It's just, it's a matter of what they're doing for the Bray Wyatt story, which I don't know. But I just know that they're smart in keeping him away from the the, the championship right now. Yeah. Unless Bray is going to do double duty and Bray is going to win the Rumble and Bray is going to get a rematch for his championship, which he lost to Roman Reigns at the start of this entire run. 
I just want to see an actual match between the two. No Uncle Howdy. You don't want to see a movie? I don't want to see a gimmick. Um, That's what I thought we were getting when he said, I come from a wrestling family, et cetera. But I will tell you this, though. I've, I've loved L.A. Knight. I, I think he looks the part. Great promo. Yeah. Like he's got, he's got all, he's got it all. And, you know, I am surprised. I'm surprised. There was a, a teaser about the million dollar championship belt. And I wonder if something like that comes back around. They'll be on shortly. Um, but you remember that little, you know, Rob oh, yeah. back then? Yep. I guess. I don't think it's going to be included in this match, but I just feel like L.A. Knight is on, is up and to the right. If you want to buy stock, I think that's a guy to buy stock in. But as far as the match goes, I, you, I'm glad you brought up a movie. It could certainly be that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They if do I want a ten, that. They do a ten minute movie. Um, it's filmed in Orlando or wherever, and it's just it's it's overproduced, but it gets it gets a story out there. But I think at some point you have to have Bray Wyatt like physically in person in San Antonio at the Royal Rumble building. Otherwise, and it could be something that they film the day before, the night before, and then they just have them fighting out into the stands and they have the finish in the arena. You know, I'd be fine with that. if I, I don't want to see it, but I'd be fine if they did that and then he walks out with the thing and then maybe Howdy comes. I don't know. Just, just. We need some sort of see Bray Wyatt, like you mentioned. Yep. And then how do you move on from this? Like, what's what's next? But I think, I think if anything, L.A. Knight has stood out to me better than anything Bray Wyatt's given us since his return. So I think L.A. Knight reminds me a lot of Ken Kennedy. Wow. Right? Like... He's got he's got this certain inflection with his voice where he's got a little bit of like Ken Kennedy and a little bit of stunning Steve Austin. I'm gonna say stunning Steve, definitely. So they they obviously feel that he's good on the mic. You know, so can he keep up wrestling match skill? And I think I don't know that this is the best fit for him, but I also think that they want they want to continue with the Bray Wyatt thing and they think this is the best way to do it, but I don't know. He's a guy the, though that is really Eli Drake came over. Like you, we know his background, and this is a guy at forty years old, Jimmy, that I think could could really make a run here. I don't know if he's a you know heavy you know champion like L.A. Knight is the Intercontinental Champion. He's the U.S. Champion there you go. until I can be proven otherwise that he's the World Champion. Yeah, but at 40 years old, he's definitely up and to the right. Um, so these are two questions, Joe Murray, that I didn't put in the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, um, any other thoughts on the Royal Rumble show before we get to the last two questions? I would really like a go-home Saturday night show where we're talking about it on Sunday and it's must-watch Monday Night Raw. You know? Just just don't don't leave us hanging. Don't. Please make this a stepping stone towards mania. Like that's what it is, but make it that stepping stone. Let's get to it. Let's let's start to build something here. And uh, I'm always down with a good surprise entrance, but uh, entrant. But 
I want this to be a, a Saturday night big time event and worth watching. And we're talking about it the next day. It's all over social media. And Monday night, we're watching Raw. And that's where a Steve Austin being on the show makes sense. That gets people talking. And by the way, and this thought just came to my mind. So say Roman and Kevin Owens close the show. I don't think they will. I think they'll open the show. What if you have Sami Zayn or what if you have Sami Zayn open? What if you have Sami Zayn or Seth Rollins win the Rumble, right? It's not Cody. Or if it is Cody, it doesn't matter. It's one of those three. But you close the show and Roman Reigns wins and the lights go out and it's not Cody's music that's playing. It's The Rock. It's Steve Austin. And that's a different path to get to another match. In the same way that Asuka wins the Women's Royal Rumble the year that she won it, but she's standing between Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair, but here comes Ronda Rousey. And now you're like, oh, well, I didn't see that one coming. I like it. So there's like a different it, way. So my two closing questions, yeah, Joe, and I apologize yes. for not prepping you on this. That's all good, bro. But they, good. they, they kind of came to mind because it is Rumble season. Jimmy. I get What's paid that? To give, I get paid to give opinions. I know you do, um, but usually I like to have prepared opinions because I just think it's better as opposed all to right, fumbling right, around right. and googling and you know, yep. it just keep the show moving. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favorite Royal Rumble match? Not non-Rumble match, but your oh favorite Royal God. Rumble match. And I'll start since it'll give you a chance to kind of dig through it. It's the 1997 Royal Rumble in San Antonio. It's the one where uh, Steve Austin is sitting there, you know, with his uh, sitting on the turnbuckle, looking at his watch, waiting for his next opponent. And it's the one that Steve Austin cheats to win, uh, where he's eliminated clear as day by Bret Hart. But the referees are distracted on the other side of the ring because Terry Funk and Mick Foley are fighting amongst themselves. Austin gets back into the ring, dumps out Vader, Undertaker and Bret Hart and claims victory. And then they go through the whole thing, and it ends up being Bret Hart and Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13, which is one of the top two, three matches in WrestleMania history. But I love that 97 Royal Rumble match. Oh, man, you got, you got me on here. But all right, so I was thinking back. Was the Owen Hart, uh, Bret Hart, remember he, like, kicked out with his leg? And after the match, he's like, you're so selfish, Brett. And I kicked the leg out of your leg. Yeah, that, there you go. So that was 1994. That was the double win for Lex Luger and Bret Hart. There we go. I love that. But I, if you watch that, Owen Hart was an amazing promo. Mm-hmm. The, the, you're so selfish, Brett, like Canadian accent. You can see it in his face. Brett's coming off on a stretcher. Like it, it just that, and, and he's watching it. Brett's watching it as he's going down. That's memorable to me. It's just something that stood out to me that I thought was great. And it's funny you had to mention who won, <laughs> right? Like I don't even to me I don't even remember who won. All I remember is Owen and Brett. That's something that truly stands out to me. Well, and one of the reasons I remember it so clearly because I was a Bret Hart guy. Still, I'm a Bret Hart guy, and the fact that. They tried to make Lex Luger the next Hulk Hogan was so insulting to me. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that was because 
I missed the Lex Express that summer. And I was a little miffed about it, a little bitter. Um, but I never bought into Lex Luger. Never did in any of his runs. I was always a Bret Hart guy. Uh, so then the my final question, Joe, is your favorite Royal Rumble non-Rumble match. So I'll start on this one, right? It's Triple H versus Cactus Jack. It's the 2000 Royal Rumble. Um, my my second favorite match is Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit at the Fleet Center, um, now the TD Garden. Um, they're kind of one and one A, um, and they're both very different matches with favorite performers of mine. So um, the Triple H Cactus Jack one from the Rumble 2000 was one that I thought that they were really going to make Mick the world champion in, in his home state, in his home building, really. And, you know, short of that, it really started the cementation of Triple H as the number one bad guy in WWE, and especially at that time. Um, and Triple H would go on to win the the main event of WrestleMania that year, being the first villain to walk out of WrestleMania uh, as the world champion. So, but that's that's kind of one. And then 1A is Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. And I was sitting in the last seat of the building for that one. And that was coming off a Triple H, Scott Steiner stinker. And it that Benoit, Kurt Angle, one-on-one match um, for a long time. And I'd probably have to watch it parallel with um, an NXT match. I was front row four back in New York, uh, the NXT Brooklyn with Gargano and Adam Cole. That angle Benoit match might be the best pure one-on-one match I've ever seen in wow. my in person. Yeah. Thinking about thinking back on it, that was great. Um, so I, I have I have two to come to mind. Yeah, um, please do. This it, is why it's, it's favorite and not best because best is debatable, but your favorite exactly. If people want to debate your favorite, so this is when I started to maybe lose a little touch with wrestling. Um, the, the attitude era was shifting. But do you remember when Kurt Angle and Triple H met? They were both heels. Oh one, oh one. I, I again, I don't know what it was about that one. Like I know that like Austin got involved and just never with a. I think Stone Cold was bleeding in that. If I if I remember, there was just something about those two going at it, and I, I didn't like either of them at the time. I'm like, and it made no sense to me. Like, why are these two going at it? Like they're both heels. Like what's what's going on here? That one stood out to me, but you know what? Really, Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, man. Oh, they from just, that same that tables match from the uh, Rumble in two thousand, right? They kicked each other's asses. Yeah. It was awesome. Jeff Hardy put on a uh, was unbelievable. Um, that, I remember talking to my friends at school the next day about that. Um, so yeah, those those two just kind of stand out to me. I I could probably you mentioned that um, that Cactus Jack match. That one that one does come to my remember. Umaga had a, a good match with John Cena. He had a last man standing match or an I quit match or some gimmick match. And I think the finish was um, Umaga was put into the STFU with the rope wrapped around his neck or his mouth or whatever. I think that was the finish of that one. And there was an Ed Shawn Michaels one. And I, I watched it. I remember like being like, I got to watch this match. Oh, uh, five. I want to say. Um, but yeah, that Dudley boy is hardy, boy. I might go watch that one. That was, that was a hell of a match. Joe, I would tell you that the rumble 2000 start to finish from the debut of Taz versus Kurt angle, that hardy boys, Dudley boys match 
the championship fight. I think there's a there's um I think that show had Jericho versus China versus Bob Holly, which was decent. And then that Rumble match itself that had a disputed finish. So I think that's a good show to go watch if um, you're looking for a full Rumble show to watch. Well, Jimmy, this has uh, been a great hour for me. I, uh, yes. I, 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 I like this. I think you hit on everything. And uh, absolutely great job, my man. So um, just to reiterate, this is taped before the 30-year anniversary of Raw, um, which is actually starting momentarily. They're going through. They opened the show with Hulk Hogan. They're going through the greatest moments in Raw history. Uh, Steve Austin just hit Vince McMahon with a bedpan. And uh, that's our turn for the go-home cue. Uh, Joe, I want to say publicly, um, best wishes for getting that uh, nighttime gig. Oh, I got choked up about it. Um, <laughs> but best wishes for you getting that nighttime gig. Um, I think you're the favorite. You know, not that anybody cares about my opinion, but, um, you know, uh, I think you get a good shot at it. Well, the best part about it is I get to see you every night before I go on the air. If it Absolutely. And you get to BS in person about wrestling. It's awesome, man. Thank you. Everybody, for everybody enjoy the Royal Rumble this weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll be back with a recap. Uh, at some point, I'll probably grab some ex wrestler, some ex hack radio person to join me for a rumble recap we'll see what happens but uh happy wrestling everybody